The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. and welcome to another episode of Colts fans in Bills land. You are the Colts army. We are your hosts. My name is Matt Johnson and I'm alongside my good friend, my fellow survivor in this, uh, this weird, wacky table breaking world of Bills land. Mr. Brandon Allen Rogers, Brandon, how you doing today, bud? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just waiting to to pull and, you know, shoot my shot, kind of like Chris Ballard. So I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. We're uh, we're doing okay here, I guess. Um, <laughs> I'm personally doing okay, but as a Colts fan, I'm kind of wondering what's what what is the big what is what are you doing, Christopher Ballard? What are you doing? <laughs> what is going on? Why? Dad. Why? Why we, is everything that we, we do this going. every year, every year? Uh, when's he gonna make a move? When's he gonna make a move? It's just not what he does. We, we have to be used to it by now. He just he waits. He waits yeah. for everyone to overspend, and then he'll pluck up a Danico Autry or Justin Houston for pennies on the dollar, make them produce, and we'll say that he's a genius in the you know next year. It just it happens every year. It doesn't make it any less frustrating. But it happens every year. Yeah. I mean, in all in all seriousness, like, I'm okay that Chris Ballard does this. Like, everybody's asking me, you know, what what are you guys doing? What's Chris Ballard doing? What are the, what are the Colts doing? All that cap space. And uh, they're not making any moves. I'm just like, hold on. You know, it's it, – I've seen – like, let everybody else kind of overpay, I guess. Let everybody else overpay. Everybody wants the big deals. You know, um, let everybody else, all the other teams overpay and we will do what we do best. I'm just starting to get, you know, the concern is there because I don't know, there's all these, these positional needs that we need and all these, these top name guys, all these big stars are going away. They're disappearing. And uh, they are, man. uh, there (laughs) There goes another one. Potentially. Who's that? Marvin Jones to Jacksonville. Oh, Jacksonville of all places too. Yuck! What a Yuck. Well, I, I just just gut punched this free agency. Free agency has been crazy for me as a podcast host. Like on my other show, Two Point. Last night I recorded an episode about defensive, you know, free agent possible destinations. Recorded that at six o'clock. I went to work at eight o'clock. Got out of work at six a.m. and then realized that hey, that episode is now irrelevant and. I have to talk, you know, we, I have to do some correcting. I have to do some correcting. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's mind boggling. 
let, let's go. I mean, let's go through some of these 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 pieces that you know that we we really wanted that we're not going to get. The tight ends. Well, I mean, to Rod Taylor could have been a good backup. He just went to the Chargers. Or I'm sorry, he's uh, leaving the Chargers to go to Houston. So we might have to play him next year if Deshaun really sits out. I didn't even see that one. When did that happen? Just popped up 35 seconds ago. Oh, my God. (laughs) Madness, man. This is all madness. I kind of love it. Um. You know, we talk like the tight ends, right? This is a. T- I think we all talked about wanting to get a really solid tight end, somebody dependable, and then the Patriots go and they just take all of all of them. They take all of them, all of them, all of them, every single one. But I'm glad they got Hunter Henry. That's one tight end I did not want. But I don't know what they're doing down there. Belichick came out of you know hibernation, said, "Oh, let me spend some money and we'll do this." And- I hate New England, and I hate that I think they're going to be good next year because the only good that can come out of this, though, the only positive that can come out of New England being good again is to shut up those Bills fans. That's oh, my, that's legitimately my thought. That's legitimately my only thought. I'm like, oh, man, if they can knock the Bills out, I'd be happy. I'm almost like I'm almost half rooting for the Patriots next season. Almost just a teeny tiny bit. I am. Um, you know, they spent a lot. They spent a lot in picking up pieces that, you know, the Indianapolis Colts have honestly needed uh this this entire this entire time. And you know, in my opinion, they've done a good job of um oh, there's the video. There you're moving again. Um <laughs> but you know, they there's they're they're picking up stuff and it's weird for you know to see Bill Belichick having to I mean, pay money out for guys to come there, right? This is a unique time period where before guys would come there on, on the low and expect, you know, hey, you're going to compete for a championship. Come here low. You're going to have a really good team. Now they're paying the big bucks. And, you know, how how are you as a player going to refuse going to New England with Bill Belichick for some really serious, solid, big paydays? Especially Jonu Smith, man. I mean, you, you got the guy that made Gronk who Gronk was. I, Gronk's a freak athlete. But, you know, he was formed and molded underneath Bill Belichick. And, you know, to have John who come out, get paid handsomely for it, and then get to go underneath that learning tree is tremendous. As much as I wanted him, you know, in Indy, I think that was the absolute best spot for him to go to, to to flourish in and get paid for the amount of money that he wanted to. So hats off to him. But, damn it, I really wish he was wearing Indy next year. Yeah, I mean, especially, too, when you consider that, you know, Tennessee ended up taking uh, Danico Autry. I'm like, oh, you can have Danico Autry. We'll take, we'll take Johnu Smith. No big deal. Well, uh, you know, maybe we'll take a Dory Jackson that they just released. Now, a little bit of me is fearful that, you know, we're looking at a Dory Jackson like every other team looks at Malik Hooker, who they think he's this incredible ball hawk and, you know, fantastic. And we know that he's just not reliable and, you know, not all that impressive. Where right. I think Dory Jackson's this amazing, you know, athlete, and I, I can't wait to, to get him. And then I see all these Titans fans saying, "Good riddance." I, I don't want him. He gets burnt all the time. So who knows? But man, I think I really wanted Dory Jackson bad. Yeah, I mean, I, I, 
I would definitely take him. We've, I mean, the Indianapolis has taken pet projects before. Like this isn't the first time that they've, they would, you know, if they do end up going with a guy like Dory Jackson, that they would have taken, you know, some kind of pet project at that. So, um, I, I, I don't know. We, we've, I think recently we've done a good job of taking other people's trash and turning it into treasures, but that's just me. That's I mean, look me. at Xavier Rhodes. You know, he, no one thought he was going to be what he was. And again, Ballard waited his time. He went, he got Xavier Rhodes, who had a career defining year, you know, really turn around everyone's expectations on him. So if we can do something like that with an Adoree Jackson, with a Hassan Reddick, you know, these guys that, you know, aren't these day one big blockbuster names. Yet, you know, we'll turn them around, have a couple good years with them, and then they'll go and sign bigger contracts a couple years down the road, like Danico Autry just did to us. And right. Who knows? Yeah, it's yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough time. You know, when, when things like this happen, it's like, oh, you really got to wonder is is Chris Ballard doing the right thing? I mean, so far it's been it's been very good, but I I can understand trust in Ballard no matter what, Matt. No right? matter what, I can't have you. You know, your faith wavering at this point. Chris <laughs> Ballard has, has steered our ship in the correct path. You know, we had the Andrew Luck bomb blow up in our face, and yet look where we are. You know, we made the playoffs last year with Uncle Philip Rivers. Just give us some time. We've got this Carson Wentz reclamation project on our hands. I trust him. He knows what he's doing. He's not going to overspend for B players. We're not going to give B players A player money. So let's get all, you know, the, the, the big big blockbuster names out of the way first and the overspending out of the way first. And then we'll, we'll make, we'll make do with what we got and we'll have a solid team in our hands next year. Trust in Ballard. I hope so. I hope so. I mean, you see some of the news uh, that that's, that's been going on. Um, Yeah. Just like with, with, you know, players being what you just really hope that, you know, yes, we can still trust in Ballard. That's, I mean, that's going to be the main topic of our show. Uh, you know, this week is, you know, what are our expectations of this team? Like, you know, it's been, what, this is our third or fourth year of the Chris Ballard regime. I think, I think fourth. Uh, I think this four. Yeah. This will be number four. You know, what do we got to, what should we have? What are our expectations uh, of this guy at this point? Who's one, you know, considered one of the most brilliant general managers in league history. Uh, well, at least not, that's, that's, that's an over exaggeration. Uh, but maybe true, but in, at least in recent memory, uh, but the results just haven't been really turning out. So, uh, you know, what, what are we expecting of him? You know, make, do you make a splash move or, you know, do we depend, is he depending on rookies again, you know, out of the NFL drafts and, you know, to kind of come up and be instant stars. You know, we talked about it towards the beginning of this, our show, not today, but the beginning episodes of our show that he's like, Oh, we haven't even hit our prime yet. I'm like, oh God, <laughs> what? what? <laughs> you know, and it, 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 I wouldn't hate. I mean, oh, like last couple of years, there's, there's been like a splash move every now and then. Uh, and, and granted, I know it's still early. Free agency doesn't even officially open up until, well, when this episode drops Wednesday. You know, it doesn't really technically open up till then. So, um, you know, there is still time for something to happen. But will it happen? Because right now the Colts sit yes. with the biggest amount of cap space. Now they have it. Now now they're numero uno when it comes to cap space. Um, and what, you want to know what? Trent Williams is still sitting out there. That is true. That would be splash worthy. Yep. Big splash right there. 
Wouldn't you like that? Nice little I... Trent Williams right next to Big Q. Mm-mm. I would love that. After looking at how Tennessee beefed up their defensive line, I think, you know, that's just a move that Chris Ballard might want to make. Who knows? I, I would like it. I would like it a lot. And the thing about, you know, the Colts is uh, our front office, they're so quiet. You, you don't hear about, you know, people that they're talking to. Never uh, you don't hear about any rumors. They're, they're like a locked box. So no matter what sources may say, don't believe a word of it. Because honestly, no one knows what Chris Ballard and, and his posse. That's it. It's nothing's getting leaked. There are no sources. It's just, you know, people like me and you sitting here saying, oh, I'd really like to have this guy. Oh, I'd really like to have this guy. It's nuts. Yeah. Yeah, you get that with a lot of teams. There's a lot of, like, expectations and stuff. You kind of you can kind of guess where they're going. Um, but you are right. It is it is not like that with Chris Ballard. So hopefully, hopefully by the time we talk to you guys next week, and we'll be back on a normal day next week, uh, we should be. You know, we'll have some kind of cool free agency announcement to kind of talk about. But uh, so far, it's been very quiet. The only really major thing is, is like we said, the Nico Autry is a Titan, and they placed a second-round tender on uh, Zach Pascal, which means that they intend – because he's a restricted free agent, so that means they, have, they value him very, very much. And somebody's going to have to pay up big if they want to acquire him. So that's a good – which is a good sign. I love Zach Pascal too. You know, I'm glad that he'll stay a Colt if someone wants to offer him something. That's cool because I'll gladly take that second round pick too. Right. I don't we know mind how, that at all. Because we know how well that, you know, he does, Ballard does with those mid round, those second and third round picks. He's notoriously good. Uh, excuse me, for, you know, for that kind of thing. So, but now uh, also, uh, you know, we gave that, we put that tag on George Odom, the, the right of uh, first refusal. Oh, yeah. Tender. Yeah. Apparently he wasn't too happy about that. No, he was you not know, stoked. Not stoked. Tweeted out, disrespected and disappointed. How do you feel about that? What do you think about him receiving that tender and his reaction to it? Uh, I think the reaction is fair. I thought he did very, very well for us last year. I really, you know, he was he was one of the. I mean, granted, I know where he plays, but you know, he was one of the he was one of those the the bright spots. I thought he did very, you know, played for us very well. Um, yeah, I can understand his hurt. It's hard. I don't know. It's 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 hard to be in the NFL and kind of just have your life toyed with. <laughs> um, yeah, it's I, I can I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I trust me. I understand where he's coming from, though. I get it. I mean, you, you kind of wish that they would just offer him something. Yeah. But at this point, they're you know, Chris Ballard's not saying, hey, we don't want you. He's saying, hey, look, let's see what your market is. Let's see what, where other people value you. Let them set the market. And we'll match it. You know, if we feel like that's that's fair, we'll match it. We want you back. We're not going to overspend for you. But you know, if some team is willing to give you more than we will, why why not let you go out and get more money? Right. I, I don't see why you know you feel disrespected. I, I think this is a, you know, a sign of utmost respect. Saying, hey, look, we'd really like to have you here. So let us have an opportunity to bring you on back. But if there's a team that's willing to give you more than we are. We're happy to let you go get that. I, I mean, no, that's fair. that sounds like a win-win to me. That's a fair point. Yeah, it's it's so tricky. The, they obviously know more than we do, so I, I don't know. But you are you you do you've convinced me. You're 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 probably right. Um, I, I should I have been a lawyer. You should have been. You should have been. I easily easily. Uh, 
<laughs> I easily switched my opinion. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a mixed thing. I, I'm, um, yeah, who knows what what he wanted? What what George Odom was uh you know interested in? What his what his possible plans were, uh, going into the free agency this year? But um, we shall see. We shall see. Maybe he doesn't think his market is as high as <laughs> as uh, other people value his market as high as he does, which is an interesting case. So I mean, most likely the case. Yeah, he's being a pro athlete. Their <laughs> egos are kind of huge. So. <laughs> This is true. Uh, there's not too much, I think, other, you know, really on the uh, free agent front that, you know, I, we need to discuss. Like, the big players are going. Like, we wanted, I, basically, in a nutshell, wanted Bud Dupree. He's in Tennessee. Uh, you know, wanted Johnny Smith, New England. Okawara. Okawara, yeah. Yep. Detroit. Yep. So. Um, it's been very, yeah, it's been a very, very crazy couple of days and we expected it to be, um, you know, we, we definitely expected it to be, but, but not like this, you know, I was kind of, I was kind of hoping that if we delayed our episode this week, it just worked, it worked out good. We put, we originally planned on recording on Tuesday night anyways, but, um, we were just kind of bounced around between days. We were hoping that we'd have something newsworthy as far as free agency goes, but yeah, not a whole lot is going on. Not a whole lot is going on. So maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a good thing. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, Kenny Galladay is still out there, right? This is true. I do hope we get him. There, there is, but there is That'd hope. Be nice. There is hope. There's hope. Kenny Galladay is still out there. Again, Trenton Williams is still out there. Uh, that uh, Gerald Everett, the tight end from the Rams, I oh, think he'd be yeah. a nasty monster in our in our uh, system. Um, I mean, looking at the draft, it looks like the tight end class is pretty weak besides Kyle Pitts. Yeah, there's one, go on the top there's one more towards the top, I think. I think there's one more um, towards the Revan top. Revan Jordan? I think it's him, Maybe. Yeah. I think it's you know, I, I so think unless it's him. But Pitts is hand down to the number We don't one. have a second-round pick. Yeah, yeah. You know, but, um, ah, you know, I, I, I was thinking maybe tight end is, is a position that we should really focus on in the in, in the offseason. And we kind of struck out with you know, Janu, maybe, maybe we can get Everett. That'd be great. Everett. But I wonder if the yeah, Ertz thing slow, is still on the table day. as well. It, it's been very slow. I wonder if the Ertz thing is still on the table. If you even, I, I know we were kind of, we yeah. were kind of wishy-washy. Excuse me. A little wishy-washy on him, but I wonder if there's still a market for him out there and a potential for Indianapolis. I, I think, you know, we, we'd be in on Ertz if we didn't have to trade for him. If he were if he were to be released by Philly, um, I see us making an offer at least to him, but I don't think there's any way that Ballard's gonna lose out on any more draft picks unless it's like you know Jordan Wilkins and a seven for him. I saw someone you know playing around uh, with that number, but yeah, I'm looking at some of these Frisian tight ends too, and yeah, Gerald Everett might be one of the bigger ones. There's not a whole lot. You're, you're it's it's not good. I mean, tight ends are never really like this deep class of of goodness, but. Oh boy, this is bad. <laughs> <laughs> this is real bad. Like, like Tyler Croft, he can't stay healthy. Jared Cook, he's no. not bad. Kyle Rudolph, he's up there. He's he's had ups and downs. No. God. Yeah, I'm not. Jordan Reed, he stubs his toe and he's out for six God. weeks. Yeah, there's like no optimism. There's no optimism here for me. Yeah, he looks too hard at the sun. He gets another concussion. <laughs> no. Um, 
Uh, I used to hate having him in fantasy. Curtis Samuel, you know that wide receiver, him too, would be would be nice. Oh man, I I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> We're in I, danger. <laughs> we are, we are. So again, we will uh, we will just have to trust in Ballard, as we said, as we always say. Um, but it's always important to question these things because, you know, if you have bl- just uh, just straight up blind loyalty, that's why, again, that's why we're doing this this expectations episode today. That's going to be our main topic. If you just have straight up blind loyalty to your team, which you should be loyal, but blind, not, you know, definitely not that. You have to be able to, you can't just accept that, hey, what's going on is okay, right? If I think if we sat around and, and, and we're like, yeah, Ryan Grigson's doing a great job as he was destroying Andrew Luck's career. Uh, we might still have Ryan Grigson still as our general manager, which is crazy. <laughs> you can't be complacent. No matter how much you love your football team, it's important to question it and expect the best from it. We all pay money into it. Yeah, whether you know, if you're into- oh, go ahead. well, if you're complacent, that's how you, uh, you know, miss winning a playoff game for 17 years and go eight and eight all the time. Ooh, <clears throat> shoot. Yeah. Hey, man, they kept buying season tickets, and they're just like, you know, we're going to keep putting the same crappy product right back on the field. Rex Ryan, how about yeah, it? Throw out some more tables. <laughs> yeah, throw some tables out there. We'll distract them with that. <laughs> <laughs> we got a blockbuster trade. We're, get, we're going to get Kelvin Benjamin to Buffalo. Mm, that's going to put the asses in seats. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, oh, boy. So so let's let, let's run through this. Uh, I I texted Brandon last night. His Facebook didn't tell him until about an hour ago. But uh, we're going to kind of just talk about some of our expectations. We don't even have to just straight up top five it. I think we can just kind of go back and forth and uh, just reverberate off each other. You know, uh, you know, what are our expectations for this team in 2021? You know, are, are, are we satisfied with with 500 or nine and seven or just, you know, just that just making it to the playoffs? You know, what are your expectations, excuse me, expectations, you, the listeners, what are you expecting from this team? Uh, but myself and Brandon are going to go back and forth and, uh, and, and, and talk about it. So uh, let's start off with this one. Let's start off with this one. My expectation is that I need, I need the Colts to win the AFC South. All right. I need them to, that's an expectation for me. Uh you know, for the longest time, Indianapolis was the class of the AFC South, right? And this last year, there's going to be this last decade, Houston won it twice. Tennessee won it, uh, I think, once. Jacksonville won it once. And I think the Colts, at least the Colts, what, twice? Possibly that they won it. This team needs to get back on top. You need to sell me that you're not just squeaking in, right? The last two, our last two playoff appearances were due to things going our way come week 17. You make it into the wild card. Uh, the, the, the first one was with us beating the, the, the Tennessee Titans and went win and get in, win and get in. We, we won and got in this last one needed one of the four, four, I think one of four teams to, uh, to lose. And that ended up being Miami. Thanks to the Buffalo bills. I need a D I need a locked in certified. Hey, we have a playoff spot. We are Indianapolis is going to get a home playoff game for me to trust this bout, you know, for me to, Trust well, one just to trust this Chris Ballard process. I don't. My issue has has been this. You know, I, I get it. We've had a lot of wrenches thrown, you know, in our gears. We've had a lot of lot of issues. 
But I feel like other teams around it, like, I mean, for example, like Tennessee, I feel like had a quicker turnaround than, than Indianapolis. Uh, I'm watching Buffalo, and I felt like Buffalo has had a quick, a bit of a quicker turnaround. They than, got lucky one one year, all right? They got lucky, okay? You, you I, I, right. Don't do that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, I, I, <laughs> spiritually, I need an AFC South win, all right? It, it, it's been, I think this would be a seventh, seven years without the, the Colts winning the AFC South. I want to say the last time was 2014. The 2014 season, the deflate gate season, Ugh. all that. I know. Too 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 far. Too long ago. <laughs> too too far. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you 100 percent They have to win the division this year. Like it's not even like asking. I don't see them being Yeah. It's it's not even asking for a whole lot. It's like, well, it it it, it, it technically can be, but it's like that's a I think I feel like that's a low bar in the AFC South. I do. Ten out Deshaun Watson should be a. Oh, we just got another breaking news. No. Jacoby Brissett signs a one year deal with the Miami Dolphins. Oh, go Jacoby. <laughs> All right. It's, you know, good for him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess it's Ethan season. I guess so. I guess so. I wonder how much he got paid. <laughs> wow. Jacoby and Tua together. Hey, one yeah, I mean, he definitely knows he's not going to be a starter now. One one man's trash is another man's treasure, uh, I guess. Another <laughs> team's treasure. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah. My apologies for cutting you off. Um, no, but- you're good. I, I I everything I was just saying is out of my mouth now with Jacoby. Um, I mean, you know, Houston without Deshaun, I don't see them being a problem for us at all. Jacksonville rookie head coach, rookie quarterback. You know, very rarely does that mean you know ever equate to you know winning the division your first year so really i think it's a two-team race between us and tennessee and i think we're a better team than tennessee we were last year um i I really think that it's our division to take especially if carson wentz does what he's gonna do Uh, and that's gonna be my first prediction for you know uh 2021 and that's carson wentz is gonna throw at least 30 touchdowns at least we saw what Phil Rivers did this year. Uh, it took him a little bit to, to kind of get into the groove with, with Frank Reich. Yeah, Carson Wentz is a little bit younger. Uh, I think he'll have a little bit better weapons around him, hopefully, if Ballard does what we all think Ballard's going to do. And I think Carson Wentz is going to go on a revenge tour. He's got a, a lot to prove this year, you know, uh, after being called the worst quarterback in the league last year. And when you know, he, the skill is there. He had a rough year last year, but we all see how good he is and how good he can be. So I think he's going to go on a tear. I think Frank Reich wants him to go on a tear. So he's going to put him in the best possible position to do so. I think we're going to rip through our right. We have a pretty easy, easy schedule looking ahead of it. You know, it doesn't look too uh, demanding. So I do think that Carson Wentz can go out there and just sling it and kill it. And he's going to have a really good year. 30 plus touchdowns. 
I like that. I like that one a lot. My, I had one of the yardage department, and I don't think that'll be an issue for him. Well, at least I hope it isn't. I, I was in the state. I was like, okay, I need, I, I at least need four thousand, you know, yards. But that's like, that's kind of nothing. Like if Philip Rivers did that, I, I would hope that a guy like Carson Wentz can do that for us. And that's not a knock on Philip Rivers at all. But um, I like the thirty touchdowns. That would be very, very nice. You know, that, that's it show a little bit. You know, it, we have an aggressive quarterback. Um, who can score when we need when we need it to be we need that's always our issue is that you know we have trouble uh, we have a little bit of trouble in the red zone and in, in making the you know making those touchdowns right and like I said I've seen the best of Carson Wentz at this point and I've seen the worst of him and I hope that we get the best uh, you know we get the best out of him and, and I, I love the the goal of a 30 30 touchdown year I would I would be floored by that 30 plus I think that's a very good expectation very very reasonable at that um, all right, here's one. I feel like it's been a little while. Maybe hasn't been, but I need a 1000 yard receiver as an expectation. Ooh, yeah. I Good need one. a 1000 yard receiver and I get it. Stats aren't everything, but, uh, oh Jesus. T Y might've had it a couple years ago with Jacoby, but it, it's, it's no, nope, he did not. He did not. When's the last time he had a, it thousand? was Andrew Lux. Andrew Luck's year before he set out, I think. Um, let's see here. I might take a gander. I should have researched this beforehand, but so pardon me for that. But yeah, research me, search. Yeah, it adds to the episodes. It adds char- It adds character to the episode, I guess. Um, let's see. Our closest this past year was Ty at 762. Uh, 2019. Uh, had it. 20. Let's see. What was that? Oh, wait. No, that's rushing. That's rushing. That is 2018 last year. 2018. So that's a long time. And for, you know, an offensive driven, you know, coach, an offensive driven team, in my opinion, um, you know, I need. Uh, I, I need a 1,000 yard receiver. Like it, whether it's Ty coming back, whether it's Michael Pittman, um, you know, I need that to happen. I do, uh, especially with a guy like this. Last, I, I think Carson Wentz did an interesting stat line too. Like he hasn't the last time, like the last good season he had, which was 2019. Um, I think he, he had 4,000 yards, but not a single receiver went over 500 yards. Ooh, man, that's a that's an odd feat to have. I mean, well, he didn't really have any pass catchers on his team either, so it doesn't really help. No, that is true. Having yeah, Nelson Aguilar being his number one. Yeah, that is that is tough. Nelson Aguilar, Jesus, they had a whole hodgepodge. So, I need a one thousand yard receiver. That that shows me that we're taking a step in the right direction. It's been, you know. Like I said, like like we said, Andrew Luck was the last one to deliver a 1,000-yard season to a receiver. We need better. Um, you know, we, we need a receiver that is up in there in the top five, top ten in when it comes to receiving yards. I hope that if we get a full year of Michael Pittman that we can achieve that. You know, I hope that if we if T.Y. does happen to come back, that we get a full year of that. Uh, if we get a full year of him, we will achieve that. So that is a that is a major expectation for you is that one thousand yard uh, receiver, 
And again, I acknowledge that stats aren't everything, but, um, you know, stats are a big telltale sign of, of a guy's consistency and what he's able to produce. So 1,000 yard uh, receiver, that that's a big goal for me. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Uh, it's a huge showing that we don't have, you know, an offensive weapon that you can lean on. And like, you know, when you're in trouble, this guy can take over a game. You know, you see like a Julio Jones, uh, an AB, a, uh, the, uh, you know, uh, Fitzpatrick back in his day. Uh, not, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, but our old friend Fitzpatrick <laughs> playing out in, in the desert. You know, Hopkins. Uh, Fitz, Fitzgerald, I'm sorry, not Fitzpatrick. Fitzgerald, Fitzgerald. Yeah. Larry Fitzgerald. Um, Hopkins. You know, Stefan Diggs did it this year where a good receiver that you can rely on can really take over a game for you. And we haven't had that. T.Y. and Luck had that magical combination. And that was it. You know, T.Y. didn't have that with, with anybody else. Uh, I, I feel like we need a wide receiver that can take over. And, and Dude, looking at Pittman, I think he can be that guy. He, he looks so explosive. You know, he has every tool that imaginable. I see him and Wentz are already working out. If they can build some kind of chemistry, uh, I know they had that whole "oh, 11's my number." No, 11's my number. Yeah, kind of thing, you know, <laughs> blown up by the media. But uh, I do think Michael Pittman could be that guy. If not, I think Paris Campbell could be that guy as well if he can stay on the field and healthy. I mean that that first game he had last year, he just looked like he had lightning in a bottle. So we've got the weapons. We just need to to have everything kind of come together. And I think one of our wide receivers, if we don't sign anyone or, or, you know, if you don't trap a big name guy, we we already have a thousand yard receiver on our roster. It just needs uh, the tools to unlock them. So I like that expectation a ton. Um, One expectation for me is for us to draft a, a starting left tackle. Okay. Whether they sign, you know, Trent Williams or someone else just to kind of, uh, you know, carry the next next couple of years over. I think this year we really need to to look at that deep left tackle class and sign someone that that can be the the glue for the next 10 years like Costanzo was. Missing him is going to be huge. So we need to plug some guy in now, whether that's someone in the draft or again, we sign a free agent. I don't know what Ballard's going to do. No one does. But I think we at least need to draft a left tackle that we could develop or that we think can play right away that can really anchor because that offensive line is going the next couple of years. Kelly's got his big extension already. Brain Smith is due this year. Uh, big Q is probably going to crack $90 million as a guard. Especially in, seeing in some of the, yeah. Especially so seeing some of the other lose- numbers. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, it, huge, huge for guards. Uh, I saw a five-year, $80 million. Like, we're going to have to give Q a stake in the cult, some kind of percentage of ownership for what he's, his actual value is, you know? So it, it's mind-blowing. We can't really invest too much money in that left tackle spot, uh, you know, for more than two years. So we can give Trent Williams a high two, two-year contract. Great. Especially if those you know, the the dollar or the TV dollars come down into the next salary cap, and we have more money to play with in the cap. But looking down the road, man, we we should probably look to invest young and in, in early into the draft this year at left tackle. That's my expectation. I uh, no, I, I most 
Oh, let's just wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. Something with Ertz. Uh-oh. Oh, just permission to seek a trade. My fault. Um, no. <laughs> my fault. False alarm. False alarm. No, I, I I love the left tackle one because I mean that's such a strong that's such a strong point, right? We see these teams all the time that they invest heavily in their offensive line, and they can plug and play cheap. You know, they can plug and play almost any running back that they want to, and they're going to produce. That's that's how it works. And we all know that the running back position is a very risky position to, um, you know, to have it, it, to to pay big money to. Unfortunately, we've seen the likes of Todd Gurley and, you know, several others get paid these massive contracts and then their production or some kind of injury just kind of just kind of hurts them. Uh, Bill Polian used to do it all the time. I mean, he, he got rid of veteran James one year before he won a Super Bowl when got somebody younger, Joseph Adai, who I still value Edron James much higher than I do ever did Joseph Adai. But um, if your offensive line is good enough, you will have a running back that is going to going to produce. So. I certainly agree with that. Um, invest the, 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 it's the game football is one of the trenches and that's uh, you could do anything. If you have good protection, just about anything. Um, tr- I, I mean, I've, I've seen some, <laughs> I've seen some of our running backs do pretty spectacular things behind def- decent offensive line play. So, but um, heads up, John Taylor. That means you big year, buddy. Big oh, year. Yep. That's my next expectation. I need it. I need another 1000. I mean, we already accomplished this, but I'm, you know what, here, I'll set the bar a little bit higher. I need a 1200 yard rushing season. I need a 1200 yard rushing season. Let's keep this run game going. And you know what? Shoot. Let's have our, let's here. You know, I'll add to it. I need 2000 yards of, of offense on the ground. That's what I want. Oh, Whoa. I want 2,000 right. yards. Let's just go in hand in hand with the offensive line, with uh, with the talent that we have at running back. Let's do it, man. What What's what's not too hard to, you know, I don't think it's that difficult, especially seeing what Jonathan Taylor did in that ni- that final, like, nine-game stretch, right, where he, he crossed over to over 1,000 yards. I think he can get twelve to 1,300 this year as long as they know how to feed him the ball, um, you know, as long as they know how to feed him the ball properly. And I don't think it's too, I honestly don't think it's too far fetched. I really don't. We were a very solid run team last year with a very, you know, with a young Jonathan Taylor with a dysfunctional backfield. I don't think it's too far fetched for 2000 yards, total rushing offense. No, no, I heck I, with Naheem Hines doing what he can do. uh, Jonathan Taylor, if some way we keep Marlon Mack, I don't see that happening, but if we can, and he proves to be anything near what he was for us when he was fully healthy, 2,000 yards should be no problem. That might hurt, you know, the uh, the 4,000 yards for, for you know, Wentz. Possibly. Unless we just go out there and kill, like, every single offensive record of all time. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I dude, if we can somehow get a top five offense with, you know, 2,000 on the, on the ground, you know, 4,000 in the air, I'd be all about it. Uh, but that offensive line, if especially for you know a really good left tackle that can stay healthy and whatnot, it, it, it's not out the realm of possibility by any means. And you know, not being outside the realm of yeah, no, it's 
long time. No, you're uh, you're you're honestly, you're absolutely we right. Need You know, it's hard or, you know, we get our first round by. I don't care. We need to win one game, hopefully at Lucas Oil, and then go on the road or another one in Lucas Oil and win again just to prove that, hey, we we are a good team. We deserve to be, you know, talked about among the uh, the Kansas Cities, the Baltimores, um, the, the Seattles, the Green Bays the consistently solid playoff teams. We haven't been that, you know, since Peyton left. You know, Luck had his, his run there for a little bit. You know, he, I think he's he only won about four four or five playoff games his career. Something like so, that. We were never beating, like, the best of the best. And that's that that's that that's always been an issue for, for the Colts is that, you know, sure, we can beat we can beat your, your scrub teams, right? We could beat your – uh, Cleveland Browns and Cincinnati Bengals and New York Jets all the live long day. But uh, what do we, you know, why is when we go to face a Seattle Seahawks, a New England Patriots, a Pittsburgh, a Pittsburgh, right? Why can't we get the job done? What is it? What is so difficult about being able to steal a win against teams that are above 500 against very successful winning teams that season? That is always, always, it, at least the last couple of years, that has been the Colts issue is that they can't. They're they're like those upper mid tier. It's like been like an upper mid tier team, where they just you know and and you can't expect to you know to go very deep if if you can't do that. Can't expect it. No, you can't. I, you I, have you have to beat the good teams. Have to. I mean, I'm fully like I'm fully anticipating like I, AFC South or excuse me AFC Championship game. At least just making it is one of my expectations. So it pretty much falls in line with that. But you know I I. I you have to be, be able to beat the good teams. You have to be able to go into Buffalo next year and, and beat the snot out of them. You have to go and beat this, this seemingly revamped New England Patriots team. You have to go and, you know, uh, Miami's been getting hot. You have to go be able to go and, and, and beat them. Uh, you know, you can't lose these. You can't lose the teams that you're supposed to beat. And you can't lose the teams that you, you know, you're not. You got to upset somebody, basically. So I, I'm in a total agreement, you know, with, with that statement. Um, an AFC championship game appearance, at least, is a huge, huge, huge step forward. 100%. I would love it, you know, especially if we had to beat, you know, Buffalo to get there, make my life even better, avenge that playoff loss from this past year, and just stab all those stupid Bills fans and freaking little hearts. Yeah, let's, let's win a, a game in Buffalo or, you know, uh, just beat Buffalo in the playoffs this year, please. No, no, no. That's not going to happen because they're not going to make the playoffs. My bad. <laughs> um, oh, boy. what would be... You know what? My final expectation, uh, this would be my last one. My final expectation is this. Let's let's lock down this quarterback position. Let's fi- let's find let's finish this thing up. All right. Four years, four different starting quarterbacks. It's exhausting. You know, us as fans, I'm tired of buying new jerseys every year. Uh, us as, um, you know, the players, everybody throws the ball different. Everybody has a, a different touch. Everybody has to get timing right. It's not easy to be able to, you know, when you have to flip-flop quarterbacks every single year. It's not easy. Let's make this the last year that we're we're jumping around quarterbacks. Like, 
Carson Wentz, I know we've said some stuff and some things about you on this show, but um, it, in all seriousness, like, you have to. You have to. You have to do good. You have to hold this thing down. You, ha- you, you can't just go come here and mail it in. All right? You have to come in here and produce and be the quarterback that we, you know, we wanted. We wanted. We were optimistic for Jacoby to be. You know, you have to be at least give it, you know, it, give us some consistency, some dependability like like Philip Rivers was. But just, you know, Philip Rivers is obviously a short term answer. Carson Wentz, we need you to be the guy to come in and uh, and, and hold this thing down and be our first like long time consistent quarterback since Peyton Manning. I know Andrew Luck had a, a six or seven year run here, but mostly marred, you know, marred by injuries a year off. I need consistency. I need I need the guy. I need him here in Indianapolis. So no more no more flip flopping quarterbacks. Let's let's lock this in. Whether it's Easton, whether it's Wentz, but hopefully Wentz, because we did trade for him. Let's let's make this thing happen. How much would it suck for Philly fans if it was Wentz and he's our guy and he goes and plays like fifteen years lights out as a Colts quarterback? Man, that would suck. I'd be overjoyed. <laughs> I mean, I'd, be I'd, I'd, I'd be <laughs> I'd be happy as like, like imagine like Andrew Luck coming back out of retirement to go play somewhere else and like just lighting it on fire, winning a couple Super Bowls for like ten years. <laughs> yeah, I'll go Man. to Den- go. I, you go to Denver like every other good Colts quarterback does. Um, <laughs> I hate Denver. I hate the Broncos almost so much. I hate the Bills. Oh, that's a, which that's brings a me to my last expectation. We play the Buffalo Bills in New Era Stadium this year. My expectation, we beat them by three scores. We beat them so hard that their girlfriends cry. We beat them so hard that their kids don't show their faces in public because Carson Wentz stuffed his ginger dick down their throat so hard. We beat them so bad that they go cry to the altar of EJ Manuel because Josh Allen just can't hack it. We beat them so bad that Bill Belichick cracks a smile as he wins the division. We go into Buffalo and we beat the brakes off of the Bills. That's my expectation. Three three scores or more. I don't want... I, I want freaking Wentz to be sitting by halftime so we don't have to give up a first-round pick to Philly next year. That's how bad I want to beat the Bills. I want them to cry anytime Josh Allen drops back, just thinking they're going to get picked off by Julian Blackman or, or Rocky Essen or, or Adoree Jackson. Every time I want freaking uh, Matt Milano or Edmonds or Trey White to just run the other way when Jonathan Taylor is bowling them over. We are going to stop them so bad that I could literally look at every Bills fan that I know and just flick them off with a smile on my face. Go Bills. Suck it. I hope so too, my friend. That would be wonderful because I know I will be, I'm probably going to make an effort to go. Depending on how the COVID rules are, um, I'm probably I might make an effort to go. I might have to, you know, come in guns blazing and ready. Uh, depends. 
it definitely depends on what on how the Colts are doing up until that point. But if they are doing, <laughs> doing good, I'm going to talk that shit and I'm going to go in and I'm going to watch and hopefully hope for the best and not get to your no, man, no matter what we can be like winless. And I'm still going in there draped in white and blue with my penis in my hand, just jerking on the bill's faces. Yeah, we're going to beat you guys. That's how bad it's going to be. All right. I like the sound <laughs> of that. I love the sound of that. Uh, but everybody, I think on that note with, uh, you know, Brandon talking about shoving penises down uh, <laughs> other teams, you know what? Uh, I think that's the perfect way to end this episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Brandon, is that your, would that you consider that your monologue? Is that your, your closing monologue? Is, is that? I honestly don't think I can top that. That's, that's actually pretty good. Um, so we will talk to you next week, everybody, right here on Colts fans and Bills land. Hopefully. Hopefully and potentially some new free agent talk. Uh, But those are our expectations for this upcoming season for the Indianapolis Colts. We expect the best out of them. We hope that you do as well. Uh, Go Colts. Go Colts. Boo the Bills. Screw the Bills.